it's 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verses 1 through 7. And if you'll recall, in several of the Sunday nights that I've had the opportunity to preach, we looked at this topic of warring against weariness. Warring against weariness, or you might say, uh, battling burnout. And let's just be honest, every single one of us battle burnout. And so I want to read the scriptures and then we'll dive right into the message this evening. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Bible says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid... It is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on this message. Dear Lord, we want to come before you as humbly as we know how, God, just to simply seek your help and to seek your power. God, you know that in my ability, I can't do a whole lot, God, but with you, Lord, the Bible says we can do all things. God, I pray that you'd help me to convey the truth that you burned in my heart over the last several weeks. God, I pray that you'd use the scriptures now as we try to uh, dig around a little bit in these truths that we see. Lord, I pray for our church tonight, God, that we might be strengthened. I pray for our pastor tonight that you'd give him power as he preaches in another pulpit, God, and, and be with him. Give him safety as he travels. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, we, we've been talking about warring against weariness, and we, we've been talking about you know, how we battle burnout. And there's several reasons for why a Christian might burn out. It might be maybe monotony. You know, maybe you get weary or you get on the edge of burnout simply because of monotony, doing the same thing over and over again. You know, you come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, hopefully Wednesday night, you see the same people, you shake the same hands, you sit in the same seat, you have the same school that you go to, you go to the same job, you get bored with what you are doing. And sometimes it's just monotony. Or maybe sometimes somebody burns out because there is sometimes a lack of appreciation. Maybe there's no recognition in what you're doing and no one seems to applaud. May I say that honestly, we shouldn't serve God for men's applause But at the same time, we are human. And every once in a while, we enjoy a thank you. We enjoy a pat on the back. And so just as a side note, ministry leaders, may I encourage you, express your gratitude. Say thank you. Write notes of of appreciation. That goes a long way. But sometimes we burn out just simply because there's a lack of appreciation. Sometimes we burn out maybe because there's a lack of results. Man, maybe you're a bus worker and you go out on Saturday mornings and, boy, you're all excited to try to reach the world for Christ. And, boy, you, you have your little tab, tab sheet of all who might come. And on paper, it looks real good. I mean, you're thinking you're going to blow the doors off the bus and have 60 people on the bus. And you ride, you get, you, you get on the bus Sunday morning, you run out, you pick up kids. 
You come back in, you've got 10 on your bus. Now, that's not to knock the 10, but sometimes there's a lack of results. You're not seeing the fruit of your labor like you might want to see. You you might face burnout because of that. Or maybe there's no purpose or no meaning. Maybe you have a ministry and sometimes you're, 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 you're clouded by different things that are going on. You think, what's the purpose in all this? What's the meaning in all this? Maybe sometimes there's a lack of resources Maybe there's no resources to keep fueling the adventure or fueling the exercise or maybe uh, fueling the mission or maybe the, the goal or the ministry that you're in. There's a lack of resources. The term burnout originated from rocketry or rocket science. It's when the rocket would simply run out of fuel and go way up in the sky and it just plummet down to the earth. Why? Because it ran out of fuel. One of the things that my family likes to do, we've got a little small empty lot next to our house, and one of the things we like to do on occasion is we like to get a campfire going, and we've had some people over and had a campfire, and we like to roast hot dogs, and we like to have hot chocolate, and we like to have s'mores, and you know, you get the graham cracker and the marshmallow and the chocolate. Now, I'm not talking about just the Hershey's chocolate. You got to have it. You got to do it right. You got to get the Reese's peanut butter cup. And use that as your chocolate boy. That's the loudest amen I get all night. I know it. But we like to have a campfire, you know, and, and we enjoy that. But one of the things along with a campfire is you've got to get the fire going. You've got to get the kindling together, and you've got to get the, the starter logs. You get it going, and then all of a sudden it starts the big logs. And, and before you know it, an hour or two later, and that fire is going everything, and maybe another hour later, what happens if you're not careful? That fire has to be stoked. That fire has to be prodded. That fire, if you're not careful, will begin to die out. And what do you have to do? You have to go get more resources. You have to go get more fuel for the fire. I'm not talking about gasoline. Don't do that. But you have to get more fuel for the fire. You get more logs, hopefully dry ones. You throw it on the fire, and it flames back up. And so sometimes we lack the resources. Maybe you take an oil-burning candle, and it burns out because the oil has run out. It's something internal. You don't necessarily see the oil that's in the candle, but once that oil runs out, what happens? That fire is going to die out. When the oil burns out, the wick, or the part that you do see, begins to burn out. Just like these at the church at Corinth, it seems like today there are those that the oil is running out. The resource is running out. Their fire and their flame for God, for the things of God, is beginning to wax. It's beginning to wane. Maybe we convince ourselves to keep trying and keep going. And I don't necessarily think that the issue is with how hard we are trying as Christians. We're kind of like Simon Peter on the water. And you recall the story when Simon was uh, invited by the Lord Jesus Christ and says, you know, come, come out here. And so Peter, he steps out of the boat and he gets on the water and he begins to walk on the water and he's fighting the storm and fighting the weather and all that's going on. And eventually Peter began to sink. Why did he begin to sink? I, do you, is, was it because he wasn't trying? No, I don't think it was a lack of trying. I think it was, uh, he was trying. I mean, everyone else stayed in the boat. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water. The reason that Peter began to sink was, very simply, he took his eye off of the Lord. And the reason that some of us may burn out, and none of us are exempt from it tonight, 
But the reason that we will burn out or may burn out is we will take our eye off the resource. We will take our eye off of the Savior who is the resource for all that we can do through Him. The reason He began to sink, He took His eyes off the supply source. Hey, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the supply of wisdom. He is the supply of joy. He is the supply of strength. And now we're in this text, and we've looked at this over the last few weeks when we've had the opportunity to speak. Number one, we looked at, as we talked about warring against weariness, number one, we looked at we have a responsibility in the ministry. Look at verse number one. It says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy we faint not so Paul's speaking to the Corinthians he said hey we have this ministry he says hey let's be steadfast he says we have this ministry we faint not Paul's encouraging us to faint not then he says hey we ought to be separated verse number two then he says we ought to be scriptural not handling the word of God deceitfully then he says we ought to be soul conscience. We ought to be looking about and trying to witness to others. You know, we have a responsibility because he saved our old, unworthy soul. He pulled us out of darkness, and because of that, we received mercy. We received grace. We received redemption. We received justification. We received cleansing. Hey, I'm glad that Jesus put our foot, our feet upon a rock. That's what he has done for us. So number one, we have a responsibility, just quickly by way of review. Number two, we have a reason for this ministry. Verse number three, look what it says. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? Lost. We have a responsibility. We have a reason. The lost. That's why we ran those buses today. That's why we give an invitation at church. That's why we baptize. We want to reach the lost. We want to see people saved, baptized, grow in grace, and then eventually turn out and witness to others and talk to others about the Lord. So we have a responsibility. We have a reason. And then number three tonight, we have a resource in this ministry. We have a resource. Look at verse number six. The Bible says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse number seven, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So we have a resource. The resource is not you. And it's not me. It's not in charisma. It's not in a great organization. It's not in being organized. It's not in uh, somebody's leadership style. It's not in ability. It's not in the power of the flesh. That resource is the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 4 and verse number 4, it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Look at this. I love this. Because greater is he that is in the world uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Sounds like to me we have a resource. We have somebody that we can depend on. We have a responsibility, yes. We have a reason, yes. But we have a resource. In Christ, we see the power of our resource. Verse number four, it says, uh, In whom 
the God of this world, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So Paul is going to go on and speak about the power of our resource, but first in verse number 4, what he does, he begins to speak about our adversary. He begins to speak about the devil, and so we see here where he speaks about Satan's dominion. And can I tell you tonight, remind you tonight, that uh, the, the devil has some degree of dominion in this world? I don't have to go on and on and talk about how he controls the infrastructure and he's in, in policies that are made. He's in politics and he's in the, the different world views that are out there. He's in the ideologies of this world. He's in the philosophies of man. He's in, in the false religion all around us. The, he's, it, this world is run by a, by a God, by a little g that is evil to the core. Paul reminds us that by ourselves... We are no match for the God of this world. Our only way to overcome the adversary is to be submitted to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Brother Mark, I'm battling with this. How can I get through it? Very simply, can I explain to you, focus on Him. Have your mind set on Him. He is the resource that will help us. Satan has some degree of dominion. As you look at the world, you can see it's being controlled by the God of this world. You see the corruption because of money. You see the, the vileness that goes on, the perversion. You see the, the confusion and the ideology and the crimes that are committed, the laws being legislated, and on and on I could go tonight. He's got power. The devil has some degree of power. He even has some degree of power over your life if you let him. If you let him tonight, he'll tempt you. If you let him, he'll sway you. If you let him, he will entice you. If you let him, he will get you entangled. He wants to get you entangled so you can't let the light of the gospel shine through you, but ultimately shine through you to others. The devil wants nothing more than to entangle you and get you wrapped up into your sin so you're all focused inward and not focused outward. Boy, that's what God wants for us. The devil can creep into our life. He can cause a lot of problems. The devil's not just the God of this world with his dominion, but he's also the God of this world by his deception. Look at verse number 4. It says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. So the aim of the God of this world is to blind your mind. Notice it doesn't say blind your vision or to blind your eyes. He wants to blind your mind. How does he do that? He does that through thoughts. He does that through media. He does that through philosophies. He does that through worldviews and, and error that's out there. He does it through deceit. He does it through breathing out lies. What's the Bible call the devil? The father of lies. He wants to deceive God's people. We can't believe anything he says today. One author said it this way, that all of the devil's apples have worms in them. Every single one of them. No one thing he has ever said brings light. It always brings darkness. He attempts to change the souls of men through the mind. It's all through the mind. He wants to get people under the captivity of sin. Satan is a powerful being. Truth of the matter is he's stronger than us. But what's the Bible says? Greater is he, than he, uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in 
the world. Hey, good news tonight. If you're saved, the one who lives inside of you is a whole lot bigger than the devil. The one that lives inside of you wants to help you. The devil seeks to blind men. Why? Because there is light in the gospel. He wants to blind it. He wants to smother it. He wants to put out that fire. He wants you to, to get weary. He wants you to go against burnout. Peter says, hey, our adversary is a roaring lion. But hey, may I encourage you, our Savior says that he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is an adversary that accuses the brethren. Hey, but Jesus is an advocate that intercedes for the brethren. He goes on our behalf and intercedes for us. They say he's the serpent that brings sin into the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Satan is the ruler of darkness. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Satan is the God of this world. Jesus is the God of heaven and earth. Boy, that's the God that we serve. You know the truth of the matter is, this whole world is just a footstool for God Almighty. The devil might have some power, but hey, this world is just a footstool for God. The devil might have some power, but I like to tell the devil, I like to make it known, hey, Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. We can tap into that resource. The Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? The reason we burn out is we fail to see the power of Christ that works in us, his strength, his power. What does the Bible say? Hey, without, without me, ye can do nothing. That's what the Bible says. Without the Lord, we can do nothing. But the Bible also says, Paul says, hey, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We see the power of our resource. It's in God Almighty. You know, the truth of the matter is, how many of us remember the day when God reached down his hand for me and brought us up out of the miry clay? Psalm 40 says, he set our feet upon a rock. He hath given us a new song. We're a new creature. Hey, I think of that song, when the Savior reached down for me, he had to reach way down for me. Hey, I'm glad we serve a powerful God. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you, be saved. The truth of the matter is the devil wants to deceive you. The devil wants to confuse you. The devil wants you to allow you to depend on your own morality and tell you, oh, it's all about your good works. It's all about your religion. It's all about your mom and dad's relationship with God. If you're saved, he came to you. If you're saved, he, boy, he converted me. He saved me. Boy, he's got power. He's a good savior. He's a royal redeemer. He's the high priest. He intercedes for me. He, he's my God. He's my shepherd. That's my God. He has power. That's our resource. Then notice the power of our resource. But number two, let's notice the preaching of this resource. Look at verse number five. It says, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Hey, Paul says, hey, not ourselves, but we are a servant. You know what the judgment seat? We're not going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful celebrity. At the judgment seat of Christ, we're not going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful assistant pastor. At the judgment seat of Christ, we're not going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful deacon. We're not going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful rich man. We're not going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful athlete. We're not going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful soloist. We're not going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful Sunday school teacher. 
if we hear well done, it's going to be God saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hey, that's all we are is just a servant in the army of God. That's all we are is a servant. We are the servants to one who is worthy to be exalted. If all you see tonight is a 5 foot 10 inch preacher, you are going to be greatly disappointed. But all of us should have the desire to lift up the worthy one, to lift up Christ. That's the purpose of our church is to lift up Christ and to see folks saved, to see Christians edified, to see uh, believers strengthened. Every one of us, we are to exalt the name of Christ. Everyone that sings, everyone that testifies, everyone that prays, everyone that ushers, everyone that greets, everyone that uh, preaches, we're to lift up Christ. We're just a servant. I like what the Bible says, for we preach Christ. You know that word today scares some people, but it's a good Bible word. I like that word, preach. Churches across our nation have traded that word in. They try to speak to the mind. They try to speak to the intellect. They have, they've traded it in for pop psychology. Maybe they give you a, sex, a secular lecture about our lost condition. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1. The Bible says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, meaning by education, by intellect, they knew not God, but I like this, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. And that doesn't mean preaching is foolishness, but it means to the world that preaching was foolishness. But it says it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Hey, we had some of those people believe today and get saved. We had 10 over on the other side of the building. We had the one in here. Hey, I'm glad preaching still works. Thank God for Bible preaching. Thank God for spirit-filled preaching. Hey, I even thank God for quiet preaching. I even thank God for loud preaching. I even thank God for cordial preaching. I even thank God for aggressive preaching. I even thank God for short preaching. Some of you might say amen right there. Uh, but I thank God for long preaching. Preaching is not based upon cadence, the, the pace or the speed. Preaching is not based upon man's volume. Preaching is not based upon man's delivery style. Preaching is not based upon man's charisma. Preaching is not based upon man's personality. Preaching is not based upon man's talent. It's not based upon cadence. It's based upon God's content, meaning the Word of God. We know, those of you that have attended Woodland long enough, there's been all kinds of preachers as far as delivery styles go, but if they're in this book, they're preaching. It's based not based upon cadence, it's based upon God's content. That, that's where the power is. It should all be about the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified. How are we going to keep on? How are we going to war against weariness? How are we going to battle against burnout? We have to realize the power. We have to realize the preaching of this resource. Preaching is wonderful. A saint craves it. Sinners fear it. The Lord uses it. I'm glad God uses preaching. I thank God for preaching. You say, Brother Mark, why are you so high on preaching? Number one, because the Bible is. But number two, let me take you back to 1985. I've told this story before. 1985, 
My dad and mom split up. I was just a seven-year-old boy. My dad hit rock bottom, grew up in a Baptist preacher's home, hit rock bottom, went to an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist church. Probably, maybe not even the size of this section over here. My dad sat in the auditorium. The pastor preached. I don't even know what he preached on, but the pastor preached. My dad, during, as soon as the invitation started, my dad went out the side door. There was a handicap ramp there. My dad went out weeping, stood on that handicap. I'm glad that pastor had enough compassion, had enough of a zeal. He came off the platform during the invitation, went outside, spoke to my dad. My dad's bawling in tears. My dad ended up getting saved right there. And you know what I'd like to say? That was all because of preaching. God used those, those circumstances in my dad's life. My dad goes and gets saved. And a little while later, you know what my dad became? My dad became a preacher. You say, oh, he became a preacher? Yeah, you know how he became a preacher? We're going across the San Mateo Bridge. My dad's driving the car. I'm the passenger. I'm now about seven or eight years old going across. He began to open up the Bible, not literally, but he quoted scripture to me. He said, Mark, you're a sinner. He said, Mark, because of your sin, you deserve to go to hell. And he went through the whole Romans road. You know, at that moment, he became a preacher. He began to share the gospel with me. I went to my aunt's house that day, that night in San Francisco, spent some time with her, and my dad and I were there, and we were just talking. I felt convicted as just a young boy. And I got home that night, and I asked God to save me. Hey, all that happened because of preaching. Hey, the foolishness of preaching. Hey, we don't need trends, we don't need fads, we don't need programs. This country needs spirit-filled men that will just stand up and preach the Word of God. Paul says, hey, we don't preach ourselves, we are a servant. Look at chapter 4 and verse number 1, it says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Now you say, Brother Mark, that's not really speaking about preaching as far as everybody goes. Well, the truth of the matter is, we are all preachers. Every single one of us have the responsibility to preach, to share others, uh, uh, to share with others the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, the truth of the matter is tomorrow morning on your job at, uh, at the, around the lunch table, you can be a preacher. You can share Christ with others. At the ball field, as you strike up a conversation with another parent, you can become a preacher and share Christ with others. Uh, Monday night soul winning, you can become a preacher and, and tell others about Christ. On Saturday bus visitation, you can become a preacher and share Christ with others. That's the context of it. We are all preachers. We are all to herald the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Romans 10 and verse number 13. It says, For whosoever shall call the upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse number 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? There it is. We are to be a preacher of the gospel. Look at verse number 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Hey, every single one of us are preachers tonight. We have the power of the resource. We have the preaching of this resource. And then lastly, number three, we have the position of this resource. Or in other words, the placement of this resource. Look at verse number six. It says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness 
hath shined in our hearts. You talk about the position to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And look what Paul says. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Paul's saying, hey, I have this treasure inside of me. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. So in verse number one, he says we have this ministry or we have this task. Verse number seven, he says we have this treasure. You know the only way to effectively accomplish the task is to cherish that treasure. Let me ask you, are you treasuring that treasure? Are you treasuring the fact that Jesus Christ is inside of you? Jesus Christ lives inside of you? Boy, that's a treasure. The God that created the day, the God that created the night, the God that created the land and the sea and the plant life, the sun, the moon, and the stars and the animal life, created man and woman and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. The same God that did all that, if we're saved, he lives inside of us. He is inside of us tonight. Boy, the same God that spoke to us about our soul and convicted us and wooed us to him, that same God lives inside of us. Hey, tomorrow when you go to your job, some temptation comes your way. Hey, realize Jesus is living inside of me. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Hey, we have this treasure. Colossians 1 and verse 27, it says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let me ask you tonight, does he live within you? Does he abide within you? Our greatest need is to, to discover that Jesus is all that we need. All we need for every financial reversal, every need, uh, he is all that we need for every health issue, every spiritual issue that we might face. Jesus is all that we need. There was an old show years ago called The American Pickers. Maybe some of you have seen that. There's an older episode, and they went out to the, the home of a, a hoarder, of somebody who just put together all kinds of junk, and they just hoarded it all, and they, they went out to this particular person's house, and they, they saw all kinds of barns everywhere, and really to the everyday man, it looked like just the biggest junk of nothing, and there was junk everywhere, they went, went in and out of multiple barns, and, and the owner took them to another barn, and he said, this is where it's at. And they walked through and they pilfered through some more junk and they went upstairs into the loft and, and uh, they went and there was an old box, brown packaging with just simple twine around it. There was holes in it and it had decayed some and it was dusty and it was dirty and he began to open up the box and inside that box was a rare ruby jewel. And he opened it up and he said, this is the prize of my collection that jewel was worth thousands and thousands of dollars. And they stood around and they were just simply amazed at it. And there it was in that old, dirty barn, that decaying box, that brown packaging, nothing special about it. There were holes in it. You know, I, had, you know, I thought to myself, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that they would house that jewel in something better than that? Wouldn't you think they'd put it in a nice, beautiful package and, and something that just looked very pleasing to the eye? Think about your salvation for a minute. 
this body of ours, it's decaying. It gets dirty sometimes. It gets defiled sometimes. But yet to the saved person, Christ lives inside of me. Christ lives inside of you. Hey, do we walk around and we say, hey, this is my prized collection. Jesus lives inside of me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You say, Brother Mark, how am I going to make it? I'm warring against weariness. Well, realize the power. Realize the preaching. Realize the position. Hey, Christ lives inside of us. If you could just peel back the layers uh, of my body and show you the inside, if your fellow church member could see what was just on the inside of you, hey, he's precious. Hey, he's royal. Hey, he's invaluable. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. I believe tonight that one of the reasons so many Christians are throwing in the towel, one of the reasons so many Christians are burning out, one of the reasons so many Christians are are getting weary in this thing of warring against unrighteousness is the fact that we don't tap into the resource. Hey, can I encourage you tonight, this week, Tap into the resource. This week, read your Bible. This week, listen to Christian music. This week, pray to a holy God. Why? Because he lives inside of us. He wants to help us. Let's tap into that resource. Maybe you're here tonight. Let's be honest. Maybe you're here tonight, and you'd say, Brother Mark, it took all the strength you could, I could, it could muster to even be here tonight. Maybe you're burned out in your relationships. Maybe you're burned out on the job. Maybe you're burned out in your ministry. Maybe you're just flat out tired. Maybe it would do you good tonight to realize, hey, Christ is in me, and I need to tap into that resource. We need to just keep on warring against weariness. Yes, you'll get tired. Yes, you'll, you'll battle burnout. But just like that, that campfire, and we come over and I grab those logs and I put them back in the fire. Why? Because we want to stoke the fire. Why? Because we want to add fuel and resource to the fire. Hey, realize your resource as a Christian is the Word of God. Realize your resource as a Christian is prayer. Realize your resource as a Christian is God Himself. And He wants to help you tonight. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed.